it's really nice that there's some stuff that people can recognize as tangible success rather than me calling my mom and being like, I'm doing this really great online mini series <laughs> uh, where you uh, balance a cake on your head and run around a running track. And she's like, great, cool. Uh, do you think you should get a job? You are listening to Made of Human, also known as the Mopad, a podcast hosted by Sophie Hagen, who is a Danish comedian. Mopad. Trying to find out Mopad. how to do life. Mopad. But it turns out Mopad. nobody knows. Merry I was about to say Merry Christmas and then I stopped myself. Merry Christmas? Um, this, this is coming out on the 25th of December, which is obviously most of you people's Christmas. I am Danish. I'm currently in, in Denmark. As you're listening to this, I'm in Denmark, uh, which means that uh, I celebrated it yesterday on the 24th. Like, um, like you should. Like, what's the right thing to do if you do celebrate Christmas at all? You don't have to. Uh, so I don't know if you're actually going to be listening to this. You might be all wrapped up in presents and family and stuff. But also you might be listening to this as someone who is not into it. And I want to just quickly say that I think this... Personally, I really like Christmas. Um, even with, you know, the things that are a bit tough. You know, the the annual strange present from my dad that I haven't spoken to for four years. And the sort of guilty shamey bit of like the the family who uh, I just you know don't like me or whatever it is or the, you know the the fact that my my stepbrother sees m- more of my family than than I do because they like him better you know like there's just loads of shitty you know there's a lot of in the giving presents and receiving presents that's a lot of like I mean and that's and that's me coming from I, I mean I'm quite privileged in that sense like I still and even even with me, which um, even me being quite privileged, it's it can be real fucking tricky. And I know loads of people who are just not seeing their family at all, who you know maybe who've lost someone or who is, who's just in general struggling. Like it's a really 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 shitty time for a lot of people. And I just want to say, if you're one of those people, it's over very soon. It's very 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 soon. Very 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 over. And then we don't have to think about it for another year. And it's just a it's just a silly holiday that people make a lot of money off that companies make a lot of money off and yeah it's okay so today might be real shitty this time might be real shitty but it'll be it'll be fine real soon it's okay to just have a night in on your own it's okay to just chill out for a bit it's okay to not see your family it's okay to not celebrate christmas it's okay um i hope you have found something that you really enjoy doing, that you're going to be doing instead. I don't know if this is in any way helpful. I just wanted to say that I I acknowledge that it's a thing for people and it's not always fun. And um, I hope you get through it all right. And then it'll be New Year's, which is obviously much worse than anything in the whole universe because pricks do fireworks and it's the worst thing in the whole world. Imagine being such a horrible person that you like fireworks. Sorry, I might be excluding everyone now, but no, I hate it. Dogs are sad. Don't do it. But then it'll be January 1st and we'll be on with the new year. And by the time of me recording this intro and outro, this is before the election in the UK. So, I mean, I could probably say more depending on what the outcome of that election is. At the moment, I'm not particularly hopeful. Uh, I can say that now because I'm, by the time you listen to this, it'll be over. My God, fingers crossed. So I could either be like, hey, yeah, things are real shit. The world is on fire. Fuck everything. I'm so sorry. 2020 is going to be another battle. Or I could be like, I I believe things are going to get better now. So (laughs) it's hard to do these in advance, isn't it? Essentially, all I want to say is by the time you listen to this, if you do need a little cheering up, uh, on January 10th, I'm doing a show at the Union Chapel with a bunch of like, just like one of the most incredible lineups I have ever been a part of. People on the lineup are Travis Alabanza, Megan Crabb, Buddy Pussy Panda, Jolie Bishop, The Vagaggle, Rosie Jones, Christelle Rasmussen, Scotty, Glamroo, Michelle Elman, Scared Not Scared, no, Scared Not Scared, 
And Jess Baker, the Millicent Baker, and me, what, and Smash and Monroe, what a fucking lineup. That is one of the most incredible lineups ever. Most of these people have been guests on the Mopart, so you should definitely come. That's on January 10th. That can be your light in the new year. Get tickets on theworldisonfireshow.com, on my website, sofhagen.com, on social media, on my Twitter, on Union Chapel's website. You can get tickets so many places. Please do, because it is going to be one hell of a show. Also, maybe you listen to this on the 25th and you've yet to buy presents for your best friend. And shit, she's on her way. What are you going to do? You're going to go and you're going to get tickets and you're going to be like, this is your present. What a great idea. Now, I'm going to let you listen to this um, Christmassy theme. Not Christmassy themed, but we do talk about Christmas a bit. Uh, me and Sarah Keyworth. Sarah Keyworth is, um, oh, she's just amazing. An amazing comedian. If you've not stumbled upon her yet, go and look her up. See her stand up. She's just, oh, and you know what? See her stand up. Go see her live. Uh, all of those things, but especially go and look up Roast Battle, Sarah Keyworth and Catherine Bohard. She did a roast battle with her girlfriend, Catherine, who's also an amazing comedian, by the way. And it is one of the most amazing things I've ever seen. Watch it till the end, because I I fell off my chair. I screamed into a pillow. I was like, this is fucking amazing. Amazing. So go and check out Sarah Keyworth. But first, why not listen to her have a little chat with me on the 25th of December or whenever you are listening to this. Um, you're amazing. Remember that. This is also an amazing person. Please enjoy this episode with the incredible Sarah Keyworth. Oh, if I look down or if I write something, it's not because I'm not listening. It's because I'm making a note for something to ask you. Do I get a later. grade at the end? Yes. That's you'll terrifying. You'll pass or you'll fail. Yeah. And if you pass, the, the episode will come out. You failed this conversation about yourself. <laughs> Uh, so for people who might not know who you are, do you want to introduce yourself? Uh, hello, my name is Sarah Keyworth. I'm a stand-up comedian, and I have nothing else to say about that. What, what else do I do? <laughs> what else do I do? I... You write? I write? Yep. <laughs> That's it. And I write. <laughs> yeah. And how long have you been going now? Uh, like nearly five years now. Um... Yeah, I did a little bit when I was like a teenager and stuff. Like my first ever gig was at school um, to a very, very friendly audience. They gave me a real false idea of what my career was going to be like. <laughs> uh, but like properly, like five years in London. So where are you? It's like we're in a very... I keep People listening will be annoyed because I've repeated this so many times. But just to explain why I'm not going to ask you this question. I quite like the idea of... Like we are doing this, we're having this conversation at this very moment uh-huh. where we're both in whatever state of mind we're in. Okay. For because of whatever has happened today, this mm-hmm. week. So if we were having this conversation next week on like a Monday at 10 a.m. instead of now, Thursday at whatever it is, three, four, whatever, we would it would be a very different conversation because we would be in different mindsets. So what mindset are you in right now? Like where are we meeting you? What's happening right now in your life, in your brain, in your mood? Uh, I'm in a pretty positive place today during this hour. You're right, that could change from moment to moment. Uh, But things are good this week. So my girlfriend and I have just found a flat to move into together, just the two of us, which is really exciting. Um, There's a small downside to that, which is it's a beautiful flat but it's above a uh, conservative party office, oh, wow. uh, which looks very disused. And we went to have a look at it, and I was like, please be shit, please be shit, please be shit. <laughs> and then it was the most amazing club we'd seen for the most affordable price. And I was like, of course, of course, this is where we're going to live. This is exactly what we deserve. Uh, so so I, I, at the moment, I'm finding that funny. Um, and hopefully that will continue to be amusing rather than terrible. Uh, yeah, I just feel reasonably positive. That's good, isn't it? Yeah. Thanks for asking. <laughs> good. Yeah. No, I feel I feel good. I I'm slightly concerned that I will never write another joke again, but I think that's the time of year. Yeah, that's normal. Mhm. This sort of uh this far away from next Edinburgh, this close to the last Edinburgh. Yeah. I'm like, well, I'm done. I, I don't have any other jokes. I'm sorry. That's all I got for you. 
You already live together, right? But this is you have a flatmate. Is that what yeah, we have two flatmates at the moment, and they're all they're, they're both planning to kind of go abroad and things. And uh, so now it's just going to be you. It's just the two of us. Yeah, I am terrified. Why? Because my standard of living is significantly lower than Catherine's. She likes things to be very tidy. And she's, she's made me realize how little I observe in the world. She sees everything, everything all the time. She notices if I've... She sees when I've moved something in the flat. She'll be like, have you touched that? And I'll be like, how the hell did you... How do you... It's, it's terrifying. She's like Sherlock Holmes, but Irish and ginger. It's like, I just... So now there's nobody to... There'll be no one to blame the things I've done on. Yeah, you can't say it was your flatmate. Yeah, I can't be like, oh, I think it was Dominique. Like, it's gonna... It's, it will be me. And it's me anyway, but I can just point the finger at someone else and be like, no, that person dribbled jelly on the kitchen floor. I don't know why I smell like jelly. <laughs> it's a coincidence. <laughs> it's my new cologne. Smell it over your mouth. Yeah, what? just what? covered in jelly. And I'm like, I tried some, but it was mostly Dominique. <laughs> I, had, I went into my kitchen a few mornings ago, and it was just a mess. And I was just, my first instinct was to be really, really annoyed. Yeah. That, like, the people I live with haven't cleared. Even though I knew it was my mess, I was just like, why is it still here? Yeah. And why I, did nobody tidy up? And I've lived alone for about five months now. <laughs> but my instinct was to be, oh, fuck's sake. Yeah. I do everything. Or, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. This oh, is, yeah. This is the thing that I think Catherine has started doing that, where she'll be, like, livid about something. And then I'll be like, I think that was you. And she'll be like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I honestly, it, there's no bigger rush than finding out that she's made a mistake. God, it's so fun because <laughs> I'm such a mess all of the time. And like, she has like a to- like a way of saying my voice th- that I know she's like found some. I, I feel like I'm like a like a, I'm like a dog. I can recognize <laughs> when she's like pleased with me and when she's not. And it's like <laughs> Sarah, and I'm like, fuck, she's she's discovered what have I done? What have I left in there? And it's always something. And she's always right. So did I, I said I was in a good mindset about this, but uh, I'm slowly having a breakdown. <laughs> I dragged out the anxiety. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, actually, I'm not yeah, okay. My relationship is going to end. Yeah. Welcome to, to the podcast. I'm going to have to go down and, <laughs> and, and live in the conservative's office below. <laughs> uh, that's exciting. When are you moving? February. No, January. Do you know why I said February? January. Wishful thinking. Mm. Scared. Yeah, I'm just trying to push it back. It's not how it works. We've signed a contract today. Wow. Like January the seventh. But you're already like relationship, relationship. Like you've been together for a while. Yeah, we've been together four years. And you're good with relationships. Are you good in oh at I, relationships? No. No. I, I've been, I've done really well in this one. This one's going exceptionally well. But if you looked at my track record, I'm not good at relationships. What's your... Where do you flaw? Uh, I get bored very easily. And I... Like, I, I usually hit, like, a year mark and think, well, this has been nice. But there are other attractive people in the world. I'm such a piece of shit in relationships. But I think that was probably on account of rushing into relationships, which is a big lesbian classic move of hi nice to meet you shall we move in together um so yeah usually my my past relationships have not lasted long this is my first proper sort of serious one what makes it different um i was gonna say something awful then uh but like i don't know i think um we're very similar about some things Catherine and i and that means that we we're kind of on the same page about a lot of stuff. We don't see each other very often, which sounds bad, no. but I do think makes a massive difference. Yeah. She's traveling a lot. I'm traveling a lot. So when we see each other, it's really nice, but it's not like we're constantly, whereas in my previous relationships, there was a lot of contact time. Yeah. And that kind of intensifies the it's the nice bit at the start and then makes it kind of fizzle fast at the end which is yeah I think that's 
that's probably one of the reasons why we've gone so strong for so long. You must get this all the time, people saying, oh, comedians, comedians mm-hmm. be together, da, da, da. But that, that makes me think of how that's a positive, because you can almost... So usually dating a colleague means showing up at the office every day and they're there, yeah, yeah, and that can get quite together. intense. But actually, in this industry, you can have the same job, but not be together all the time yeah. where it might get a bit claustrophobic. Yeah, I think it's one of the only jobs that you could do the same as your partner and make it so it means that you rarely see them. Mm. So like she'll go away for a weekend, I'll go away the next weekend. Like there are times when we haven't seen each other in like two weeks. And so it's nice to live together and have that like point of contact of like, hello, good night, see you in two days. So often we just sort of sleep in the same bed remind each other that we like each other and then go away <laughs> and like I'm going to Australia next year and then she's potentially going away straight after that like I, and I was away last year for like six weeks and stuff so I think and are you good with that are you good with the oh no mm, I don't I don't I mean, a thrive weekend is fine but then Ooh, then I would get my chair. <laughs> um I don't thrive I uh I like being at home um being a, being away from each other is quite hard, but I do I do attribute it to the like our relationship working. Yeah, I think it's like we're excited to see each other rather than like oh my god they're going to be there again, which is um, how I've occasionally felt in previous relationships. No offense to anybody <laughs> who might be listening, <laughs> unless unless you know that that does mean offense, and then you know who you are. Please don't contact me. <laughs> Seeing all those Sarah's exes groups. Uh-huh. I'm speaking directly to you now. <laughs> my small collective of exes. <laughs> you're doing quite well. Like, you're, you're career-wise, you've kind of been blowing up for yeah, a while now, right? It's been like a nice steady climb. Um, yeah, and it's gone the last couple of years. Things have been going really well, which is very exciting. Um, yeah, it just... It's nice. I think, yeah, lots of people are sort of saying, oh, like, like people who don't really understand how comedy works have been like, <laughs> oh, it's just taken off. And I'm like, yeah, but you didn't see all the other stuff that I've been doing for these past few years. Uh, so it just, it feels, it's really nice that there's some stuff that people can recognize as tangible success rather than me calling my mom and being like, I'm doing this really great online mini series uh, where you uh, balance a cake on your head and run around a running track and she's like great cool uh, do you think you should get a job um so yeah it's been going all right are you okay with success are you this i mean i say this as someone who's i i'm much more familiar with oh that sounds too like wanky but you know like failure and like <laughs> yeah yeah things going badly i'm like oh yeah i can write some sad like diary entries and I can go to therapy mm-hmm. but then when things are really good I'm just like oh god when is it gonna when is it gonna be bad again I'm very bad at I was thinking about this this morning I'm really really bad at living in the moment uh and there's this sort of big kind of push towards like live in the moment experience it all this sort of mindfulness of like know where you are and listen to the sounds I'm terrible at it I'm uh, I've decided I need to try and work towards like sort of living near the moment like yeah. like if the moment is like central London, I'm in zone six and I quite like <laughs> zone three. Is what I'm is where I'm at right now, because I I can sink into the misery of like a failure or a rejection very very easily and and be like that's because like I'm so quick to be like that's because I'm not good enough. That's because I'm shit. That that's typical that I wouldn't get that. And then when I do achieve something, I'm like, oh, it's fine. It's okay. And I don't enjoy any of those. Mm. I really like it when things are over. Mm. I realized this recently. So something good happens and they're like, oh, come and do this show. I'm like, God, I can't wait till after I've done that show. So then I can be like, great, I did that show and it's over now. Um, but that's not really a way to live your life. <laughs> I can relate. Know. I relate to it way too well. I'm like, yeah. Oh, yeah. I do love it when things are. <laughs> I've just really, done something. Yeah. I just did. Um, uh, a, like a reality TV show called Coach Trip, which was like a decent experience uh, at 
at where I'm at right now, it was kind of maybe not the best decision, but it was it was fine. I got away with it, kind of thing. And I agreed to do it. And uh, <laughs> my friend said to me, "That is completely like out of character. Like, that's why have you done that?" And I was like, "Oh, I think I'll be pleased when it's over." <laughs> and he was like, "Yeah, but it's t- it's it's two weeks." of being away for a very long time. And I was like, yeah, but when it's done, I'll be glad I did it. <laughs> and that's, it's just such an unhealthy way of, especially because there are so many lovely things about this job that you can actually try and like look around and be like, this is great. This is good fun. I don't really want to be like, I can't wait to enjoy this from the comfort of my own home. Was well, it a fear thing? Cause I quite yes. often, like right when I'm about to go on stage, I'll, my brain will automatically go to the place of like, oh, just mm. oh, like oh, the, oh, I bet oh, it's probably not going to be good. I, oh, why am I? Oh, I just want to sleep. Just wanna, and then sometimes I have to be like, wait, hold on. What are you? Yeah. What, where's this coming from? This you, is your job. You like, you like this? Uh-huh. And you're like, oh yeah, I do like. Oh, this is going to be really exciting. But it's almost like it's safer to be like, oh, oh, I just want to be home. Because then if you actually dive into what's actually happening, like you're about to go on stage. Of these people, what a ticket to see you! Like it's all positive. I'm like, oh mm-hmm. no, no, I want to go back to open mics where you're like, I'm gonna die now, and everyone's yeah. gonna think I'm bad at comedy, and I won't ever work in this I business l- again. Let's do this. <laughs> I look in the audience, and I'm like, that guy's gonna hate me. Yeah, <laughs> I'm like, crush your arm. Yeah, you better crush yeah, your arm. And then I get out there, and that guy's actually my dad. And I'm like, he's gonna fucking heckle the whole time. <laughs> it's like I just, yeah. There's a lot of, I, I never feel. I remember somebody said this to me, and it's so true of how I feel before I go on stage. Somebody was like, I never feel more unwell or more tired than the moment I'm about to go on stage. And it's like my body is trying to give me excuses. It's like, seriously, Sarah, I think we might be sick, so maybe you should just tell someone and we'll head home. Yeah. I, and then I get off stage and I feel completely fine. Like The amount of times I've messaged Catherine and been like, I'm sick, I'm ha- I have the flu. And then she'll be like, can you do the gig and like get back to me about this? And I go on stage and I'm like, oh no, I'm fine. I'm completely yeah, fine. Yeah, I'm in full health. It's so bizarre when, when you think about the, when I think, yeah, when I think about the amount of hours I spent wanting this, and like I used to work in an office and I spent more time than I should have been like emailing, trying to hustle for gigs and trying to like write material, and it was all I wanted was to be a full time comedian. And then in that in that moment, just before I go on stage, my like I'm questioning all of my life choices. It's actually quite pathetic. <laughs> it's just it feels sometimes I feel like I'm wasting something. Yeah, like you know, oh, are there other people out there who deserve this more because they'd be like super excited to get out there, and you're just going, oh. But then when I oh. see someone who's like, gee, I can't wait to get out there, I'm like they're going to kill someone. Yeah. They're a sociopath. Yeah. You like nobody. It's just not the way that I just don't think it's the way you're supposed to feel. And even surely like even people who like, I love my job, but even people who like work in other areas who love their jobs must have that moment before they like go into work where they're like, Oh, it would be so much better if I didn't have to do this right now. I mean, I feel like anyone who has a decent quality bed, Mm-hmm. Would should always prefer that yeah. to anything else. Yeah, yeah. Right? Like a oh, heated blanket, big oh, double duvet. Yeah. Why would you not anyone, always Anyone just do who that? lives in a cold climate? Oh. Anyone with a body? Anyone with a body. Yeah. And a brain. Just. Yeah. Why would you not? Anyone with a body that has any weight to it. Yeah. <laughs> That, that moment of anyone having to lift floating. yourself. Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah, anyone who's not floating hates their job. Yeah. That's the thing. And if you're floating, you're high. Do you get um, affected by seasons and darkness and winter? Like, this is, um, we're recording this in like mid November. I think I do, yeah. I, but only because I am very easily. easily <laughs> very easily manipulated basically i i believe everything that's happening in the, like if i go into a dark room i'll think it's nighttime if i like <laughs> i'm such an idiot it's essentially like if i watch a tv show i kept watching a lot of 
RuPaul's Drag Race and I'm such a, like a sucker for the edit I feel exactly how they want me to feel in the moment that I'm like if you could make me hate a person by just putting some dramatic music over them talking <laughs> I'd be like you're a piece you're, you're a fu- <laughs> yeah let's vote them off when actually they, they could be saying something nice but the music has got me <laughs> As I, it's the same with the seasons like I just get I the moment the clocks go Oh, wait. They must go back. From five to six? They go They forward. must go back in the winter, right? So it's four, four o'clock, but then it's three then o'clock. it's three o'clock. Yeah, because you gain an you hour. You gain an hour in the winter because it's dark. It's the garden furniture. You put it out for the summer so you put it forward uh-huh. and then you take it back in did you in just the make winter. this up no I, someone told me once oh really so wait, I'm which one are we talking doubting yes yeah. no no it makes it you have your garden which you only use in the summer yeah yeah, yeah. so you put them out <laughs> forward yeah forward. you take them back into the shed when it becomes winter so you take the time backwards so four becomes three I'm 90% sure and we'll get a lot of annoying tweets. Yeah, they will. But please just tell us if we're wrong. Then, like, we welcome it. Um, anyway, well, as soon as that happens in the winter, as soon as the clocks change, yeah, 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 we'll do that for the yeah. edit. We'll take all of that out. Yeah. Uh, I immediately go into it's Christmas mode. Yeah. I immediately go into we need, like... Even though I work at night, so I'll be like on stage at like nine, ten at night, it hits five o'clock and I'm like, well, I should be in bed. And I just, I turn into a small child. It reminds me of being in primary school where I'm like, oh, we've just finished school and I'm going to have my tea and then somebody's going to bathe me and I'll go to sleep. (laughs) And I really need to grow up is what I'm saying. (laughs) So yeah, I get affected by the seasons in answer to your question. I already bought all my Christmas presents. Did you? Yeah. It's That's very impressive. I've started, um, and I always want to be better every year, but then I, I'm i just surrounded by incredibly difficult people. <laughs> what to buy for? <laughs> That's the sound bite for this year. <laughs> yeah, to, to buy for, and in other ways. Yeah, um, so the, the people I've managed to buy for are two children that I have in my life, my goddaughter and her brother because they came to my house, were playing on a PlayStation game. And th- th- my goddaughter was like, we should ask mum for this. We should just ask our mum if we can get this game. And I was like, well, maybe if you put that out into the universe, somebody will get a few for Christmas. <laughs> and she was so, like, blinded by the idea of asking her mum. She was like, yeah, we should ask mum. <laughs> like, I was like, shut up. <laughs> Don't you dare ask mum. <laughs> um, yeah, so that's the only Christmas present I've managed to buy so far because the idea was handed to me by a nine-year-old child <laughs> who will probably have already asked her mum for it by the time I, I give it to her. Yeah. yeah, so I'll have to send it back. Do you that's, feel it's like? A, go on. I was just going to say it's amazing that you've started. I'm in awe of you. No, but there's like a thing where if if it was beginning of December, I'd be just an amazing person. But then anywhere before, you're just a psychopath. Yeah, it's not okay. I've wrapped them, you, you like they're they're in the suitcase. Ready do you to love go to wrapping? I do love wrapping. Yeah. yeah, Catherine loves wrapping presents. Does she know about? I mean, this shouldn't go through you. Does she know about um, gift wrapping books? What's she can that? get like books with gift wrapping paper in them. So you tear them out. It's like all different patterns and <gasps> colors and different themes you get like animals on it christmas indian patterns i can't get her that for christmas can i no because it's too late yeah it's it has to like be like a, a pre it's, it's got to be like a festive a gift you just, just tear them like out it. you fold them open like this big sheet wow and so all your presents are gonna be different colors and like i mean theme. i don't give a fuck <laughs> but she will love that she'll I'll, really I'll, like, I'll message her yeah let her know um yeah last year i she asked me for a rucksack for Christmas and I like sent me the link to it and I bought it and then it arrived and she was like, what's that? And I was like, never you mind. She was like, that's what I'm like. And I hid it from her and then we were sat in the living room trying to do some work and then she just went, she was like, 
Sarah. And I said, what? And she was like, please, can I wrap my Christmas present? And she sat there and wrapped her own Christmas present. She just loves it. It's so fun. Yeah, and she claims it's because I'm bad at wrapping and she wanted to make it look nice. It's not that. It's because she is just mad for it. Like, she just, she'd wrap things unnecessarily. Oh, I do that. I'll be like a book on my shelf that I will never read. I'll like, I'll just give it to someone. Yeah. Just so I can wrap it now. Well, like like little components where it's like you could just wrap them as th- like uh, three things in one, but she'll wrap each individual yeah, yeah, yeah. one. Yeah. Because she's a lunatic. I'm going to have to DM her about these gift wrapping yeah, things. <laughs> she'll it. appreciate yeah. it. And she'll be so excited. There was, we, she's, she's holding off now, but last year we put our Christmas decorations up on the 12th of November, I which know. is yesterday mine are up are they yeah <laughs> you, I don't, it's, it's you not were debating whether or not to tell me yeah, that i was like <sighs> yeah <laughs> i respect it i would quite like to put ours up uh but i think only because i'd also quite like to just watch christmas movies and not do any work yeah but that i've already i'm just hibernating now yeah i'm done now with like anyone when people are like oh can you do this in december i'm like no i'm, I'm done well, <laughs> i'll do the last things i need to do mm. but then like i'm finished yeah i'll do everything i've committed to but i'm not going to commit to more add anything else mm. I'm like do you want to do a press no i have a gig in my parents are from nottingham and i have a gig in nottingham on like the like 13th of december oh, that's pushing it and i was like that's too soon to just stay at my parents yeah. house until christmas <laughs> Because I'll just come back to yours and uh, yeah, in two I guess weeks we'll just I'll start uh, there. Yeah. Start unwrapping. It'll be fun. It'll be two crazy. weeks before Christmas. Yeah. Well, wait, maybe, yeah. maybe by the time this comes out, it will be Christmas. People it will. Can be like, oh, Merry Christmas, everyone. Merry Christmas, everyone. This should be the Christmas episode, shouldn't it? The it 25th. should. Yeah. And we'll just edit all the like. Your voice can pop in over like when you put your Christmas. So you can be like. We are now, we're sat here on the 18th of December, <laughs> just to make us look like normal human beings. Yeah. Uh, do you feel, do you feel like an adult? I feel like Christmas is something that really brings out your sort of, you do get a bit like, ooh. I have like flashes of feeling like an adult. I don't think that, um, I don't think anyone, I think what I've learned being an adult is that nobody has any clue what the fuck they're doing any of the times. And they just, it's just varying degrees of people pretending that they know what's going on. Um, and so I have sort of flashes of feeling like, oh, I'm very much in control of this situation and I've got a handle on this. And then most of the time it's just uh, bumbling around in the dark, hoping for the best. That was a bleak answer, wasn't it? <laughs> no, I, I 100% agree. Yeah. And it's, it's, I think, from doing this podcast, that's what, that's the conclusion. Yeah. I just, not, I've not spoken to anyone who was like, yeah, got it all, uh, got it all under control. Got everything exactly sorted. what to do. <laughs> I know what taxes are. Everything's great. Oh, God, what are taxes? <laughs> why don't they teach you that in school? I just don't understand why they give you such an in-depth explanation about bizarre things. Like, I know that ancient Egyptians used to pull out people's brains with hooks. <laughs> but I still don't fully know what taxes are. What were your... Who, who were you in school? What kind of kid were you? Oh, I... I was ter- ter- not terrified of the authority in school, but very scared of my own mother. You're scared uh, of your own mother? Yeah, yeah. She's, uh, she's wonderful and very loving, but... Uh, was quite strict when I was a child in a sort of um in a way that I really admire because she just laid down quite like uh, early on in our childhood that she was not to be fucked with and it worked it's still working um so I was very well behaved in school for fear that anything I did would get back to my mom um but I was also as I got older a bit of a I guess sort of class clown like I I had like one eye on dodging getting in trouble with my mom at home but on the other eye on how can I make this room full of people which feels like an audience laugh and maybe even get the teacher laughing that was like the big one it's like if I can make you laugh then I've smashed this um so that's who I was at school could you make your mother laugh yes yeah yeah my mom my mom laughs a lot yeah yeah Yeah, she's strict when she needs to be like not so much anymore. She's mellowed. But I guess I'm 
less of her responsibility now. <laughs> less of a hazard. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, she laughs a lot. She's she's weird. She's a she's a funny lady too. She's very strange. I went home recently, <laughs> and uh, I I was back home for my mom's birthday, and she's been playing a prank on my dad for six months, um, and it's the same prank every night, and he's just for some reason, I don't know whether he just trusts that she won't do it again, but they, they she she'll get into bed at night. And she'll like raise him there so that she gets him first so that he has to turn the bedroom light on, off. And then he'll switch the the main light off. And they don't seem, I don't know why they don't have bedside lamps. That would solve the problem. But he switches (laughs) the main light off. And then by the time he's walked around in the dark to get into the bed, she's stolen and hidden his pillows. (laughs) Every night for six months. (laughs) Every night for six months. And I went to go and see them and they told me about this. And as my dad explained it, and he was incredulous, like livid that this was happening to him. And my mom was behind him just like weeping with laughter. And I was like, I'm not sure that it's done you any favours that we've left you two alone. (laughs) But they seem to be having a good time. Sounds wonderful. It's a dream, isn't it? Yeah, just finding somebody who trusts you and is slightly stupid enough to, to fall for your trick every single time. His grace, and I want to know whether he's treating her like I couldn't work out whether he's sort of treating her like a child, and just sort of going, "Oh, where are my pillows?" or or whether um, he actually is fooled every time. He's genuinely surprised. Yeah, but That's either adorable. way, they seem very happy with their life at the moment. That's adorable. Yeah, <laughs> think suddenly we're sat around. My girlfriend was Catherine was like, "Why don't you just take your pillows to the light with you?" <laughs> So now I'm picturing my dad like snatching up his pillows and walking around the room, and uh, my mum will find a different way to fuck with him because because um, that's apparently what you do when you're retired and there's nothing else going on. Can't wait. It's the dream. Yeah. So we, do you do you know where the funny came from? Why you became funny? Uh, definitely my parents. There is there is a little bit of a history of um comedy performers in my family i have a cousin who used to well still does he's a writer and he does a bit he does a bit of stand-up um and our my dad's cousin's dad who is my the clocks go forward um (laughs) he's my second cousin sure um was a comedian. I can't really. I don't really. Can't really find much information about him online or anything. But he. He. There's like a plaque outside the playhouse in, no, the theatre in Nottingham, uh, oh. for him. His name is Charlie Bartle. If anybody knows anything about him, please get in touch. And so he was like a stand-up, um, and then uh, somewhere along that line of the family, uh, there was a, a. Now I get these mixed up because Poirot is the detective. But then it's like a Pierre, Pierre. Like a Pierre. clown? Yeah, like a clown. You know the clowns that had like the, 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 yeah. the like white face paint and the yeah. like a really old style clown? Pierre, Pierre, Pierre. Yeah. I f- I'm now feeling like I sh- there's a Danish... I feel like there's a Danish word which is something like that. Pierrot? Pierrot? That sounds... That's a Danish... Danish. <laughs> but something like that. Pierre, yeah. Pierrot? 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 Yeah. Pierrot? I should really know this. God, God, this is not the facts podcast, all right? This is the speculation podcast. Um, yeah, so there is, yeah, there's a there's weird a clown line of, and a stand-up. Yeah. We, um, yeah, I think it's quite strange, but, like... That, was, that, was that something that was untalked about when you were a child? It's like a not, thing that was valued? Not really, but, like, my dad's side of the family are incredibly daft. Like, everybody is absurd, all of the time. So I think um, there was more just like a real culture of uh, faffing about. Yeah. Um, that, that kind of inspired comedy within me. My brother used to do what I now realise was sort of like an SNL style sketch show with his Beanie Babies uh, when he was a kid. It was called The Prickles with Tickle Show because there was a hedgehog called Prickles. Sure. And he would do, like, he would make sketches. like And they were good. They were good. There was one called SOS, and it was, like, the most horrific things would happen to all of the Beanie Babies. And at the, at the end, the punchline was always, luckily, no one was hurt. 
and it was just the perfect comedy time. Like he, yeah. he people used to gather in his bedroom. They'd come from miles away to watch the Pringles with Tickle show. <laughs> I'm hoping for a reboot. But, yeah, but he can't do the voice anymore because oh, it was really no. high pitched and his voice. Oh was, no! Yeah. Oh, that's so sad. Yeah, that so happens. I might have to do the voice, but he can like lip sync along. I don't know. We'll work it out. I'll talk <laughs> to him at Christmas. But but everything like the sort of death. But you talk about like socio political stuff and you sh- like you talk mm. about identity and. Yes. sexuality and gender and stuff so is that so how did that come about did it come about as saying you wanted to do something funny and then that was what you found funny or did you want to talk about it and then you made it funny does that make sense I think when I started writing about that for like Edinburgh shows I, I just realized that I had to in order to commit to something like that I had to be passionate about it like And I, my first show was written for my goddaughter, who I mentioned earlier, who is very, very good at manipulating people into buying her the Christmas present she wants. Um, and I was, I, I, in terms of writing an Edinburgh show, I just kept thinking, there's got to be something that I feel so strongly about that I can can write an hour of material and then spend a year on it and then perform it every day for however long. And at the same time as that, I was worrying about her because I used to be how I met them was I was their nanny I used to look after the two of them and I would come home from working with them and be worried about her all the time because I was seeing her in that sort of formative period in which she was I met her when she was four and she's now nine so I was looking after her from the age of four till about seven eight and it was like she'd gone from being the most outspoken confident body confident child who just didn't even care what anyone thought and didn't care what anyone saw of her body and would run around naked and would just make jokes and be silly to being this slightly self-conscious and that happens with every person I think like anybody but it happens in particular with young girls in that they are just made to feel from a very young age very aware of their, their bodies and where they fit in and whether or not they should be speaking loudly and and I was seeing it live happening to a person who I loved so much and I loved that spark in her that I saw when I first met her and I was just coming home every day and thinking like how can I what can how can I stop this and I don't think that I have stopped this but um I try I do everything I can and then I went to see The year before I did my debut, the year before I did the show, I went to see a show in Edinburgh called Locker Room Talk. I don't know if you saw it. No. Um, and it was a it was at the Traverse Theatre. Oh yeah. And it was um, like four four women. And it was written by a man, um, but it's like a verbatim script of men in various different scenarios, like. Uh, A, literally a locker room a pub an office uh, little boys like m- male human beings in all different social uh, environments and of different sort of social classes talking about women when women aren't there and it was harrowing that just the things that and and the reason it was written by a man is because he went and sat with these guys and yeah. overheard their conversations, recorded them, and then transcribed them. And then it was women performing them. And they, these perform, these women performing it were so incredible in embodying these characters. And they, it was just them stood in a line doing it into these mi- the microphones. And it was just, it was so hard to watch, but so fascinating to watch. And then the uh, the writer came on and did like a and a at the end. And I wanted to ask, like, if you have a child in your life, that you can see that is being impacted by the sort of language around women. What can you do? And he, the, the, like, there were so many people who asked questions I didn't get to ask, mm. ask it, but it, I just walked away from that thinking, that's the thing that I care about. That's the thing that I could commit to writing about for a year. And, and she's the person that I feel passionate about and I'd want to say something about. So that's kind of how that came about. And then there is a lot of silliness in the show and there's a lot of daft comedy that is kind of what I've been raised on. But um, the core of it was, I just, I think if I'm not interested in something, I won't 
getting I won't do it so I needed something that would just capture my attention and I needed someone I'm better at doing things for other people than doing for myself so I was doing it for her um what was the question (laughs) no it's it's perfect what did you did you in the process of writing that and performing it did you learn did you come to a conclusion did you find out um like even just about yourself or the world or your place in the world or I because I talked about my childhood quite a lot and I I, I suppose I became slightly more thankful for the experience some of the negative experience that I had because uh they led me to where I am now so like I struggled a lot with my gender identity when I was a kid because I grew up as I mean a lot of people like me grew up in that time where boys are boys and girls are girls and there were boys clothes and girls clothes and boys shoes and girls shoes and I just the smallest amount of changes would have made my life so much happier like I know now I talk about it all the time John Lewis is where I used to go and get my school shoes from with my mom and she'd take me and I would like scream the shop down because every single pair of girl shoes would have like a bit of pink on and I went in there recently with my mom and they've just taken the labels off the shoes it's just Mm. it's girls slash boys now that's amazing and it's like the same shoes and it's so stupid and so simple and I saw it and I was like well that would have saved us hours and it would have changed my life and it would have made me so much and somebody told my mom that uh, um, girls and boys have different shaped feet which I think was also a slight issue it was fake news it was the start of fake news Um, so I just went into school every day wearing girls trousers and girl shoes that made me feel uncomfortable. Yeah. Um, but I'm, I guess, thankful for that now, in that I can now have these perspectives on things, and that I, had I had a more conventional outlook or been more feminine, then I probably wouldn't be. I mean, I know that if I weren't gay... I I wouldn't be where I am now. I wouldn't have had to think about the world differently, which I think is really interesting. And I have friends who are amazing and I'm I think in a way I'm the reason that they've had to look at the world slightly differently. But mm. if if it weren't for me, we would all kind of probably just still be in Nottingham using gay as a derogatory... How do you say that word? Bad. As a bad. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you. Yeah, using gay as a negative word and as an insult and... um, (laughs) Bad, yeah. As a second language card. And I would be probably getting married to a guy and, and that's, like, that's great it's nothing wrong with that but like I'd have a very conventional life uh, whereas now I'm doing something that's really unconventional and really exciting so that's cool I think so what was the um, so how what's the question behind that I guess the question is about so when you knew you wanted to wear these shoes that were called boy shoes and Mm. so was that about gender Expression or about gender in itself? Have you ever doubted your gender identity? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I wanted to be a boy. I, I desperately wanted to be a boy when I was a child. I used to, like, I have a crystal clear memory of sitting on my mum's lap whilst my friends were playing and I'm in tears saying I want to be a boy. My mum, like, I, can, I remember the the pain in her voice of being like, I can't help you. I don't know what to do. <laughs> like, I can't. Mm. And I... I sometimes, I say this in my most recent show, I sometimes think that I am probably female by convenience. Um, And I say that I'm probably slightly too cowardly to embrace, like, a different... Like, a non-conforming gender and things like that. I I, I say I I mean, I don't biggest thing in my life I never want to make a fuss it's not a fuss it's not at all a fuss it's so it's such a brave and amazing thing to say I'm non-binary or I'm trans or these things but 
I'm still in that mindset and I think it's a very female mindset of being like I'm gonna I, st- I guess I still want to fit in I still have that that in that baseline desire of fitting in that I've always wanted yeah um and I'm happy I like who I am and I'm comfortable being female which I actually think means that I'm probably not trans because that's a privilege it's a privilege to be able to be happy and comfortable being the gender that you were born with um that you were assigned at birth but I think if it were I've found like a happy comfortable place for me to kind of play with gender and be androgynous um we were talking the other day I hate Catherine was like you you hate being misgendered like if someone was like if somebody kind of mistook me for a man then it annoys me but then she was like but you also hate it when people call us ladies and I was like yeah I think the issue is that I hate it when people talk to me (laughs) I think it's less about gender um I don't really mind being misgendered um I I might what I mind most is when people sort of try and stop you doing things because they've assumed you for your gender. Mm. I had a real weird um I went into like a Tesco's, I think. I think it was a Tesco's. And I was buying a bottle of wine. And the guy came over and asked for my ID because I have this face of a twelve year old boy. Um and I gave him my ID and I have slightly longer hair in my uh driving license and he he, looked, he stared at it for ages and then was like, what's your name? And I was like, oh, it's Sarah. And he was like staring at me and staring at the ID and then went and got his manager. And he was like, and I was like, are you, are you okay? Is there a problem? And he was like, I just, but he didn't, he couldn't articulate mm. what, he, what his brain was doing, which is you're a boy and that's a girl. Mm. Um, so he wasn't saying anything. He was just sort of, I guess... It was like his brain was hoping I would go, you got me. Um, (laughs) I'm trying to use the ID of a woman who I've mugged. I don't know. And then eventually the manager was like, no, that's that that person has the same face. (laughs) And they sold me the wine, fortunately. But it was just such a... I'd rather people kind of owned it. I'd rather that he'd just gone, is that is that you? And I'd have gone, yeah, I just had longer hair. And that would have been fine rather than him sort of standing there looking completely like baffled as if I was going to transform into a woman if he stared at me hard enough. Like I just, I think it's really interesting people's responses to being confused by your gender rather than actually just being like, oh, I'm sorry, I just kind of got slightly confused. Yeah, it's weird that we have that culture of of rather than just owning up to your mistakes, you have to kind of <laughs> double down. Yeah, 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 yeah. As soon as you start being aware of gender in general, mm. you do start to notice how often it's ladies, hi girls, yeah, hi yeah. ladies, oh it's women. It's so much. Mm. It's all the time, and I find it so strange that you even need to do that. Like, what is it that makes it so necessary for people to make you aware? Of the gender they think you are. I think it's like, it's a lot of, it's a lot, it happens a lot in hospitality and service. And I think it's, it's kind of a dated way of making people feel sort of like the service is customized and personal. It's like, oh, we've got this group of ladies coming in rather than just being like, hello, customer. Yeah. It's like, I recognize that you are a bunch of women. I've, I've, I've looked at you and I've seen who you are, but, um, I think now, in the world we're living in now, like, it made sense, like, 30 years ago or whatever, but now it's, like, it's it's doing, it's the same as going, welcome customers, because it's, like, I'm just treating you like a generic bunch of women when there might be one amongst you who would just be, like... Like, I laugh at it. Like, if someone's if someone calls me and a group of my friends ladies, especially if I'm with, like, the group that I like, I call them my boys, but we're all just tiny little twink-like lesbians. Um, if someone's like, oh, hi, ladies, or we're all just like, ladies. <laughs> it's just, I, it's such a reach. But, it, but it's the thing that, I guess, 
they've always done in the service industry. Hey there, mom, madame. It's it's a thing that I, I mean I find it really interesting. I I really I've only just figured out how to stop saying ladies and gentlemen during my shows. Yeah, and that's a really tricky one. But I think it's funny how tricky it is because it shouldn't be tricky, but it's so intrinsic. It's such a mm. easy way of just starting the show and everybody knows it's like it's, the words are irrelevant it's just the way the show starts yeah, 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 yeah. it could be anything but we're just all we've all been trained to know that that's how that beginning of that sentence is and you can also train it yeah, that's I did that I think two years ago I changed it mm. and now when I hear someone say ladies and gentlemen it, it feels wrong so you, I like retrained yeah. the other way around so when people say I go like ugh like not like in a judgy way because I get why people do it but I I I would feel weird saying it now. So you, it's the same way with you know friends of mine who are non-binary that I didn't mm. like when I knew them they weren't like when I got to know them they weren't. And changing your pronouns for someone else it's really tricky in the beginning. Yeah, learning to say they about someone and you'll fuck up so much. It'll be mm-hmm. so much. She 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 no wait she no fuck shit they sorry sorry. Yeah. But then eventually any other pronoun will feel wrong like that's not them and you just have to. I think you can reprogram so much in your brain. Yeah, but it's just that um, societal thing of like, because I when I was two years ago, so before I did my like first hour when I was just doing a work in progress, and obviously there was a lot of stuff about gender and my gender identity within it, and so I was like, it just doesn't, it makes no sense to do this show, and then introduce myself as ladies and gentlemen, and I would be faffing around at the start because it was a free for show and like I would have to do the like get in and like seat people and then do the music I was doing everything and so I'd be like thinking as I'm doing it like don't say ladies and gentlemen don't say ladies and gentlemen and then the lights would go down and I'd go ladies and gentlemen yeah. every single time and so for my debut I just pre-recorded it mm. so that it was me being like hello um and now I did tour support for Nish Kumar like last year and he just goes, please welcome to the stage, Nish Kumar. Yeah. And part of me was like, when I heard it, I was like, yeah, but when you're Nish Kumar, you can just <laughs> say, like, you don't need to hype them up anymore. Yeah. But actually, now that I've, I started doing that, it doesn't, you don't actually have to refer to anyone in any way. Yeah. Um, and then Catherine, for a while, Catherine was Catherine will like say the venue or like wherever she is. So she'll be like, "Hello, Edinburgh Fringe," and I was like, "That's really." I find I find it weird when people do that because I would fuck it up so many times. Yeah. What's up, Nottingham, Manchester? Oh shit! Yeah. Liverpool. Sorry. Hello, Apollo. Yeah. It's like like I, I, I. What if you don't? It's this is like I don't. I've never. I've never been sat in a in a venue, and thought. Tonight I'm the Apollo. Like it's, I, but it just feels strange. I say people of the audience. Yeah, that's the same people of the audience. Please welcome to the stage. Yeah, people of the audience. I don't know. It's the first time you say you feel really it strange. Feels really strange. You're just like yeah, that's what they're called now. <laughs> that's their name. Yeah. It's just, it's silly that nobody's kind of coined something else. That's actually like fun. But it has to be long. Da, 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 da. Like, yeah. ladies and gentlemen, there's so many beats in it. Yeah. Hi. It's just like whoa. <laughs> yeah. But it's it's worth it. It's, it's so worth it's it. Definitely yeah. worth it. But I, it's the it's it's fascinating to me that that is a challenge when actually it's just such a stupid thing. Actually, it's such a comedian's problem. Nobody yeah. else, nobody listening to this is going to be like, yeah, tell me I about know. it. God. Every time I go and work at my office, I'm worrying about how I'm going to... Introduce myself. Yeah, yeah. People of the Get office. out of the lift. Yeah. <laughs> the office, yeah. me. Again, yeah. it's 8am. Shut up, Steve. Yeah. Please welcome to the kitchen. Um, uh, we're almost done. I want to ask you the last question, mm-hmm. which is... <clears throat> this so you're in the delivery room and you've just been born and you right now are holding yourself as a baby so teeny tiny Sarah is crying I, f- I find it really anxiety provoking to hold babies 
<laughs> well, this is you, and you know everything's going to be fine. Okay. Because you've ended up here. Yeah. So you know everything will be fine. And nobody dropped me. No, 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 not, yeah. not yet. Okay. You could still, from now on in your life, be dropped, but this is the little baby. Oh, I've been dropped, yeah. So you're holding tight. Sarah's just been in the room where it was all nice and warm and comfortable, like an eternal bed. It's wonderful, yeah. right? <laughs> she was like, um, yum, 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 everything's great. And then she's born and there's lights and sounds everywhere. And she's like, what the fuck? Yeah. What? And she's looking at you because you're holding yourself. She's like, is this life? Is this life? Is this going to be lights and sounds? And it's, it's not warm anymore. What the fuck is this? What is going to happen? And you yeah. can't give her any advice. Because everything that happens up until now will still happen. You can't change anything. It'll be exactly the same. But you can answer her question when she's like, what? What is life? What would you say to teeny tiny sad baby So I can't tell her to do anything differently? No. Everything will happen exactly the way. But she doesn't know that yet. She doesn't know what's in store. So she's like, what is this? Okay. I'm going to say that... It's going to be super fun for like like a while and then there'll be a patch in the middle where you feel very not in the middle in the in the in the the middle of the start where you feel very uncomfortable and like you don't fit but there are other people in the world who are pretty much the exact same as you and you will find them and you'll say things to them and they'll go yeah I know exactly yeah I know exactly what you mean by that I, I have exactly the same issues or problems and then you'll be able to talk with some kind of authority about those things and advise other people and that will be great and you will you will wet the bed until you're older than somebody should wet the bed but you will stop and when it will happen at the sleepover but you'll handle it surprisingly well for a child covered in urine and uh at 26 you'll be uh f- free of bedwetting for several years touch wood did that make sense? The baby hasn't understood a word I just said. I think she has. Yeah? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think she's just weed on me. <laughs> yeah. I have a bit in my um in my first show about how I'd love to go back but like be the baby, but know everything I know now. Yeah. So that when the doctor's like, Oh, you got a girl, I could be like Can you explain that? Can you define what does that mean? And um so maybe you wouldn't even speak to yourself, you'd be like Yeah. The baby will be fine. I'd be ignoring the baby, just chatting to the doctor. Like so, sorry, what did you can you explain that to her? Because she doesn't understand. That's yeah. nice. And then I'd get kicked out of the hospital. <laughs> Bring yourself with you. Yeah. Right then right. I'd steal a baby. Mm. But the baby would be me. I like it as the beginning of a sci-fi. And we'd have the best life. With the best time. Yeah, until it got to the point where I go back in time. Yeah, then it just gets a bit messy. Mm. But that's a season two problem, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I'll get a bit, like, axed halfway through. <laughs> and then you'll find me living on the streets with the baby still. <laughs> but, like, I'll have gone on a loop for so long that I've got, like, six baby me's. And Each baby we, has a smaller baby. Yeah, and then we start a football team. And we actually do really well. <laughs> and that's like the second, like, then my career booms again. <laughs> what was the question? <laughs> Thank you so much for doing this. Thank you for having me. Where can people find all of your stuff? Uh, they can find stuff on uh, uk and uh, all of the usual social medias, Instagram, Twitter, Sarah K Comedy is my Twitter handle. And something similar on Instagram, something with Sarah and Keyworth in it, will always do. Um, and I'm doing Soho Theatre in... January, January 27th, 
until February the 1st. And Soho Theatre is where we are right now. Yeah, we are. And I remember that because I'm staring at a wall of Soho Theatre posters. <laughs> um, and then after that, I'm touring. So if you don't live in London, I might be coming near you. Didn't mean to say that in such a creepy voice. <laughs> no, perfect. I might be coming to your house. <laughs> and I'm bringing my baby. Thank you so much for doing this. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much to Sarah for that. That was incredible. Uh, do remember that after this uh, chat that I had with Sarah, we pressed stop on the recorder. Then we pressed record again. And then we went on to have a chat uh, where I asked Sarah the remaining six questions that I always ask. What's the most embarrassing thing you've ever done? What's the biggest mistake you did as a teenager? Do you have a recommendation for something? Uh, do you have a life hack? Really good questions. You can go and you can check them out on patreon.com forward slash Mopod, M-O-H-P-O-D, uh, if you become a patron. And if you do that, if you do go and sign up for Patreon, you can become a friend of the podcast if you give more than $5 per episode. And if you do do that, you um, get your name read out loud at the end of uh, the podcast which is now now i'm recording this in advance so if you've signed up very recently but your name isn't on the list don't worry about it it will be eventually just give me some time uh also if you don't want this you can still contribute with five dollars or more per episode without getting your name on there you can choose that when you do uh sign up for patreon you can also put in your name that isn't your name some people have already done that. I don't know if you, you can be able to, if you're able to tell in the, when I do read them out loud in a bit. But anyways, what you get is me reading your name out at the end. But it's also me uh, remembering your name forever. Because I say these names so often that I'm always like, oh, I know you. <laughs> I say your name a lot. Now, the people who are this week's uh, heroes, the people who support this podcast financially, the people who make all of this happen, a massive, massive thank you to... Andrea Papillon, Andrew January, Andy Walker, Anya Knoblauch, Autumn Blue Sky, Barry Norton, Caitlin, Kat Fosse, Cherry Windsor, Chunky Yet Funky, Claire McCowan, Danny Beckett, Danny Reifersheet, Eleanor, Emma Chan, Fenella Dunn, Privacy of Sorrows, Aurora Terratops, Gillian Davidson, Grace Ann, Hannah Rose Tristram, Harold Van Dyke, Harry Minot, Ida Sigur Larsen, Joe C, Kathleen Goodmanson, Kathy Draxelbauer, Katie Hatfield, Cassie Travis, uh, Kim Williams, Kirsten Davidson, Chrissy Nicholson, Lillian Harry French, M Dash, um, Maeve Holyhan, Mari Fraser, Maketa Dubalova, Megan Roberts, Tigerific, uh, Paul Swaddle, Perpetual Motion, Pierre Fenne, Rachel Evenheim, uh, Rachel Furley, Rachel Phillips, Ragdoll, Rianne Rivers, Robert Knowles, Robin Kabber, Russell Hughes, Sarah Ferreira, Eikersit, Sarah Ellett, Sarah Brasel, Sarah Plumer, The Four Sarahs, Sarah Still Winning. Uh, if, if we can get another Rachel, you'll be even again, just saying. Susie Tyler, Victoria Greer, and Victoria Layton. Thank you so much. It's all of you absolute heroes. You are making my life so much better. Uh, thank you to Dave Pickering for editing this episode, to Harriet Brain for writing and recording the jingle, to Justine McNichol for the logo, and uh, to the Soho Theatre for letting me record episodes there. This podcast was produced by Dying Alone Limited. I will speak to you next week. Bye. Mm-hmm.